The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. So let's talk to my first guest this morning. Both really interesting stories to tell and both in the Gerbola Circus that's part of Winterval in Waterford this year. Tara Gerbola is, is a member of the Gerbola family and she's the eighth generation of her family in the circus while Wexford woman Kira Gray is an aerialist and she has her own story to tell as she quite literally ran off to join the circus. Let's talk to Kira first and then we'll chat to Tara about her story. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Kira. Hi, thanks for having me. No bother at all. I'm sure you're a bit sick of the ran off to join the circus story, are you, or joke? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is everywhere now. <laughs> now but, but like your story is so interesting. Like, t- Tell us where you were a few years ago before you joined the circus. Where were you in your career even? Yeah, so I qualified as a psychiatric nurse in 2017. And at this time, I was living and working shift work in the Wexford Mental Health Services. And then I was juggling my training in aerial or acrobatics between Dublin and Waterford on my days off from nursing. Okay. And as time went on, I kind of started to think about possibly a career in the circus industry. Um, So I started to kind of train and travel a little bit more and then cut back and and nurse and work a little bit less. Okay. Now, let's just go back a little bit. How were you doing that part-time? What, you, what had you done as your hobby growing up or that you were able to juggle and stuff like that? Well, growing up, I my family would have been quite big into gymnastics. My auntie mm-hmm. is a gymnastics coach and my cousins are all gymnasts. And so it was kind of something that we all did as children. We were sent to gymnastics in the evening and yeah, so I always had kind of the gymnastics in me or mm-hmm. that kind of training and performing in me. Okay, but you never thought it'd be a career, did you or did you not? No, not at the time. Okay, so how like how do you even get a job in the circus? How does this happen? Yeah, so... I I actually reached out to Isaacs, who are the support and advocacy network for the development of circus arts in Ireland. And they kind of they run a network where they offer support and guidance to people who maybe are considering a career in they kind of they specialize in street art, circus and spectacle art forms. Mm-hmm. And I kind of blindly went to them <laughs> looking for some sort of maybe I suppose being pointed in the right direction. And they kind of showed me a couple of opportunities that I could start applying for, like fundings. And and one of the opportunities was actually um, joining Circus Gerbola for a residency, okay. um, which was an opportunity that was funded by the Arts Council. And basically, you get to go and live and tour as part of Gerbola Circus and I suppose get a real feel for a traditional circus and what life on the road would be like. OK. And, and, and what was that like? Like, did did it live up to what you thought it would be? It was very different than what I thought, but in a good way. Mm. Like I didn't expect for for someone like me who grew up living in houses and then all of a sudden was in a caravan. I expected that to be difficult, but it actually, once I got the hang of connecting power and water and all those things that you take for granted at home, then I was kind of fine. And I quite enjoyed being on the road and traveling around and then the actual experience of performing in the circus was so much different than I expected. So you're an aerialist now. Were you always an aerialist? Was that going to be your job no matter what because of your gym background, gymnastics background? Yeah, aerial was what I suppose I 
I loved the most from the very first time I tried any circus, Ariel was what kind of got me hooked. Okay, explain it. What what do you do? Like what? Sometimes I see them up there and I'm like, what muscles are they even using up there? What is it about it that you like so much? I suppose it's very challenging. Um, I, I love the challenge of it. Um, yeah, like it's when I started training, it was very much about like developing skills and learning new tricks. And as I've kind of gone on the years, now it's more about the actual performance. And, you know, I suppose performing in the big top, it's one of those things where you can like just about make out the faces of the people in the crowd because you're, mm. you're so high up and there's lots of lights on you and all those things. And you can make out the little faces of the kids that are sitting around the ring. And, and I, I suppose it becomes more about them than about what you're actually doing in the air. Okay. And uh, that's something that I've I've really grown to love over the last couple of months. Wow. So you're coming, you were working at Washford at one stage. So you're coming back to Washford to take part in Winterval because Jerbola Circus is going to be having a, a Christmas circus at Winterval. So it must be nice to come home in a certain way. Yeah. So most of my training for acrobatic and aerial took place in a gymnastics club in Waterford Um, so yeah they're they're a gymnastics club um, that's run by my auntie they're called Liberty Gymnastics Club and they actually were so supportive over the years they gave me the space that I could rig and do all my training from so it does feel it is it's it's a nice feeling coming back to Waterford where kind of a lot of my journey happened. Where it all began. Well, look, thank you so much for talking to me this morning. I'm going to chat to Tara now, who is, of course, from Gerbola Circus, being a Gerbola herself. But we people will see you, Kira, and all the amazing stuff that you do up in the air for the Gerbola Christmas Circus. And you can get more details on it on winterville.ie. Thanks for chatting to us, Kira. No problem. Thanks for having me. And Tara, like Kira has an amazing story to tell there. Is is that quite unusual that someone who's not from a circus family to to join the circus today? Um a long time ago it would have been unusual. Okay. Um there were very few um people would have the interest or the ability to to come in outside of the business, but now it's more and more common. And I'd say for the last 10 or 15 years, we've had um, similar artists coming by like that. So it was really through the Arts Council and the Isaacs Network um, that Kira's role came to play here. And that must be great for you that the circus is recognised as an art from the Arts Council. That, you know, that must give it the extra clout to. Yes, yes, absolutely. The acknowledgement really is fantastic. Mm. And to have that support. Also, last year we were um, recognised under the UNESCO due to our lifestyles. To have that recognition after all of these years, you will appreciate that circus has been alive and well for uh, a long, long time, you know, and to get that recognition finally is wonderful for all of us in the industry. And then Tara, with that in mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you're... uh, the eighth generation of your family in the circus business? Well, I tell you, it was my husband. I'm actually a relatively newcomer. Mm. I'm only second generation. But my husband's family on his dad's side, they go back a long way and on his mom's side. Okay. Um, my family were more um, drama and variety. 
touring road shows is what they were known as. Okay. And they would put on plays in towns and villages across the country. And is that uh, how you met your husband and, then, that you were both in the entertainment well, business and on the road? Later, some years later, um, my mother's side of the family moved into circus mm-hmm. and my dad's moved into fun fair. And as a child, I always had a love of the circus. Okay. And then as as people meet, <laughs> I met my husband on the 20th of November at an annual dinner do. Um, and we've been together ever since. And, oh. and then about 22 years ago, uh, we decided to start our own circus. Um, and here we are today. Wow. How would you describe yeah. the Gerbola Circus? How do you describe it to people, what you do? Um, I suppose we're a bit different. Um, it's really myself and my husband, but we have a very good team around us. Mm-hmm. Um, with most circus families, um, you know, the family would be very big and they would have, you know, brothers and sisters who would look after each um you know, lane of the business, mm. whether transport or publicity or the office or the acts or the performance or the site managers, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, with ourselves, it's really my husband, Michael and myself and our three kids. Okay. Um, and then we have some core staff that are absolutely necessary. So it's um, I'll say it doesn't get any easier after they said they told me when we started it would get easier after 10 years. But uh <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> oh, okay. But you love it, do you? Well, it's your passion. Would you oh, say it's your passion? Absolutely. I mean, our three kids, we've got an 18, 16, and a 12 year old. And one actually just finished his, uh, got his junior cert oh, results yes. there t- yesterday. So well done to everybody. And I've won in leave insert. So yeah, they are playing um, bigger roles as as the years go by. There so, go. Um, yeah. so another generation, yeah. eh? Absolutely, we hope. You're yeah. coming with a Christmas show to Winterval. You're going to be there at weekends. Is the Christmas yeah. show in any way different? Well, it it is and it isn't. I suppose um, you know we've got we've got great acts. We've got the Globe of Death and High Wire and Single Trapeze, um, Aerial Silks, all of that. Um, obviously, we're Christmas um, decked out. So the shows that are running in Winterville are our shows. Yeah, lovely. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're running some sensory friendly performances as well. Yeah, great idea. Just to check our website if anybody's interested. Yeah, so they are on on December 2nd and 19th as well. Those sensory That's friendly correct. Christmas circus performances. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be on multiple times every weekend, like you said, an hour long. So a lovely way to spend an hour at Winterville. Um, you can get more tickets at winterville.ie and check out those special sensory friendly Christmas circus performance times and dates as well. Tara, thank you so much for talking to me and to Kira as well. I find the circus just so interesting. The fact that you're from yeah. generations of families and that you, you carry yeah, the torch for those generations. and legacy. Yeah, yeah there's tradition attached. Oh, so totally. Yeah. Brilliant, Tara. Thank you Absolutely. so much for talking to me this Pleasure. morning. Pleasure. Thanks a million. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Okay, let's talk to our next guest. And he is the man behind a new addition to the grounds of the Brandon House Hotel outside New Ross in County Wexford. They have a new sculpture like nothing you've seen before. It's from a fallen 100-foot tree that once stood on the grounds of the hotel. The man behind it is chainsaw sculptor John Hayes. And he joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell us more. You're very welcome, John. 
Oh, good morning to you. Thanks for having me. It's I'm a pleasure. always so taken aback by your work, John, and how you even do it. Even to hear that a hundred foot tree fell and you turned it into <laughs> what is on the grounds of the Brandon House uh, Hotel in New Ross at the moment. Uh, oh, and if people if people want to check it out, if you search for um, Brandon House Hotel on Instagram, you'll see this phenomenal I, I don't even think you can call it a sculpture Descri- <laughs> describe what it is John I suppose well I suppose when I started out doing the Chainsaw Cavern it was to do with trees that kind of had an affiliation with a community mm. or someone you know people are very fond of them and when they do have to be took down for um, be it they're gone down to decay or in some cases uh, storm damage and they, they, they get nervous and stuff like people are have like it was it where I met someone from you know my first girlfriend like I hear stories about oh god I used to meet the lads at that tree mm. so when they do come down there is a huge love of the actual nature of the tree in a sense they, they've just grown up with them so I kind of got into it by um trying to give it a new life we start I started doing chainsaw carving and it's really snowballed over the last eight nine years to being able to go and work with clients like Pat and Greg down in the Brandon and it's great when you get someone like that they have this tree they know it has a huge affiliation with the area and, and local people love it and then to be able to give it another life and we just keep pushing the boundaries of how so yeah we've decided could we make a long boat um from a tree and we used every single piece of it and it's the first time it's been done in, in the world so it was it was quite nice but it's more so to the fact that when you have a client that is as passionate about that type of thing as you it makes all the difference you know now you're selling yourself a disservice there and saying it's a long boat it's <laughs> it's much more than a long boat there's someone in the boat isn't there there is william yes he actually he was uh i got told all the the good, good side about doing these projects is you get to meet be it the local community or local and in this case the lads um, in even visit New Ross came up mm. and were telling us about William who founded New Ross um, because he didn't want to pay the taxes to uh, <laughs> the port in Waterford in a sense and that's how it was founded but he also uh, was the Matta Carper and all various different um, things this man is famous around the world for so you brought, I brought him to life so he's at this, this, the full life size version of him um, standing there with his shield and sword um, welcoming you to the Brandon. Um, the, the tree itself, as I said, was 100 foot and it was probably about five foot in diameter at the base. Um, so when we chopped it down, in the sense when it had to come down, uh, we found uh, it was bees that had nested in it and that's what had uh, rotted okay. the inside of the tree. But we dissected it into different pieces and then figured out how could we make that into, I think, about 25 foot uh, long boat. Um, with sail and everything, so we wanted to recreate an actual boat. Yeah, it's but it was it was really cool to do. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And William, as you said, is William Marshall. He's the first Earl of Pembroke, and he was the founder, as you said, of the town of New Ross. Like, what is your trade originally, John? What What did you do before? Yeah, this? I suppose I've been look. I've been one of them lads that um, at the age of, I left school at the age of thirteen, mm. so I, I wouldn't have any formal education, and then flitted around from picking cockles to carrying coal to mending bikes and then eventually kind of got into set building with the likes of red kettle and 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 spree and various kind of outlets like that was the creative side of it and i still didn't quite know where i fitted in in a sense you know you're fine but i, I eventually found out that my mind was creative and that's where i started leading myself in the job so I was a carpenter by trade back when the boom just went boom mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone was out of work. I got involved in the local community here and we'd done a playground in Fenor actually out here on, on the Copper Coast. And uh, 
through that, I found I became chairperson of that, but I actually ended up working with professional people in the village here from different walks of life and found that I had a, a love, I had a love of that, you know, working with groups of people to kind of make something out. Mm. But I got asked then one day, could I carve a couple of bumblebees? And mm. it all started from there. And people will and know that I've never looked back Fenner. since. Yeah. And, and yeah. of course, the tree in the church in Fenner as well as yours. Is yeah, it? the tree of hope. And that was it. Yeah, we were out for a walk one day, walking up and they were getting ready to cut it down. And I had made a few small bumblebees with a chainsaw. I didn't think too much of them, to be honest. It was a case of like, oh, that's cool. And uh, they said, I said to him, can you leave that there and see, can I do something with it? So for that whole year, I was on a back to work scheme. And, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, I had TV companies coming down asking me questions. And then we'd done a couple of documentaries about chainsaw carving. And then within a couple of years, I was traveling the world, taking part in world championships and stuff. So my life wow. went from being on a back to work scheme um, to travel in the world uh, representing Ireland which was it's a very I suppose when you get a little bit older I kind of I suppose I appreciate it all the mm. more I was kind of like couldn't believe that that's of course it can turn that quickly yeah, yeah. but it's down to just them little doors opening and finally figuring out where you fit in mm -hmm. and it's hard people find it hard to fit in but uh, the branding job was a kind of pleasure because when, when I pitched the idea to Pat he just went oh that'd be cool and we were only going to do <laughs> half of the ship and then I went to the World Championships and I said, I'm going to practice a piece at the World Championships. I said, to see, does it work? Um, and uh, we done <laughs> we done well. We, we, we finished fourth in there. And I came back and I said, it works, Pat. But you know what? I said, we have to make the full boat. Okay. So he went, go for it. <laughs> but the really, the really enjoyable part was that when, when you build a project, you can always see the potential of where it could go. Um, and sometimes budgets don't allow. But in mm. fairness, the electricians down there, the groundsmen down there, they all went, John, you know, could I do this? I went, oh, absolutely. Brilliant. So they added the lights to it. Then we got uh, ropes from the actual Don Brody. And it was like, it's funny how things fall into place. Like I'm there, I get a phone call from Sean that runs the Don Brody saying he wanted us to do a job. And I thought it was in connection with the boat that we're building. But it turns out that Pat's father was highly involved in the Don Brody and then they donated as a way of saying thanks for all his help uh, gave us one of the masks that we actually oh, put into the normal boat. you can boat. see that now actually on the photo yeah, on Instagram. So it's, so it's, it's full when circle, you get a really. collaboration yeah. of people, yeah. It's brilliant. So that's what made it so nice, you know. So tell and us uh, the stats of it. How long did it take you to do this uh, William Marshall longboat? We started it, it was probably over a year from okay. the first consultation. For projects like that I always, you know, people... We'll have an idea, but um, it's coming up with a good story that has a link to the area or has a bit of, you know, historical value or just that you're something that you're passionate about. And what we do then is we throw a load of ideas in the pot and we kind of sieve through them and then you go, OK, that's it. And when you get then that idea, it actually works. But we are. Not an awful lot of time people say, oh, I saw you made a fox. Will you make me a fox? But I say, do you love foxes? And they go, no, I love, you know, uh, football. Well, let's make something for football. <laughs> you know, it's like it's you have to sometimes show somebody a load of ideas for them to figure out. And as I say to any of the clients, I, just let me inside your head and let me rumble around there and I see, can I find? And then it's you at the end of the day, it's you are going to be looking at it. You need to be enjoying it every day when you pass it so i'm just trying to figure out what that is for you and just oh. with the help of me and the lads we can bring it to life you know well it's but, just um, no, spectacular it's, it's, it was a lovely job oh it's just gorgeous and all i've seen are the videos i'm looking forward to seeing it in real life it is the chainsaw sculptor of john hayes 
uh, of not of John Hayes, by John Hayes. <laughs> we don't want that. that could be your own little passion project you'd never for 2020. Find, you'd never find a bit of wood small enough to do that. Oh, there you, you go. Don't. Well, this is William Marshall and he's on a long boat. And as you're driving into the Brandon House Hotel, you will see it there. But if you can't get there, check out their Instagram. Um, and there's a video there of the making of it. It is the, a simple, the Brandon House Hotel's Instagram account. If you want to check out John and what he does, John Hayes official, official John. Official. Now here's the thing about official. I'm blaming my nephew Dean and my daughter Molly for that because they told me, John, see what happened was we went off, we'd done a TV show in the Discovery Channel. It'll be here in the spring called The Cut Above. Okay, brilliant. Uh, It's basically British Bake Off takes on uh, Chainsaws. Oh, wow. They beat beat the life out of the cinema. That sounds dangerous. Great fun. But when I came back, they they were all now you have to get your Instagram going and your thing for this for the TV and I and they all started so, so I get they're slagging me now that I'm officially John Hayes. <laughs> well, there you go. Go give John Hayes official a follow there and the Brandon House Hotel as well. John, thanks That's a million funny, for joining me and good. congratulations. Ah, you're very kind. It's a pleasure. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's the Sunday Grill on a Sunday morning, of course. You are listening to Beat 102-103 and Wexford-born singer Deirdre Masterson is heading to the States for a Christmas tour. She's re-released her version of Oh Holy Night with her longtime collaborators, the Celtic Tenors. And she's also in Marfield House outside Gorey in mid-December for a very special Christmas concert. And Deirdre joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning to tell me all about that. You're very welcome back to the Sunday Grill, Deirdre. Hello, Orla. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. No bother at all. I'm sure Christmas, you have many hats, all in the musical genre, but you're a teacher, you're lots of different things. But is Christmas a particularly busy time for you as a singer? It it is. I I think for for any of us that are still lucky and fortunate enough to be, I suppose, actively out in the profession, uh, Christmas would be sort of bread and butter time. It's Mm. a busy time. It's when you expect to see the theatres, the churches, you know, the concert halls filled with nice music and festive music. And it's a time when people want to go out and get into the spirit through music. OK. And you've re-released Oh Holy Night, your version of it. Is is that your favourite Christmas song? Oh, I, th- I think it is. I, is I, for it? me, it, it, it's the essence of Christmas. Mm. The minute I, I hear that 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 playing I kind of feel okay it's Christmas time and it, it's such a classic uh, and there's so many beautiful versions of it and, and varying in genres as well but um, I, I, I love it in its its classic format and we had a number one single with it last year and then this year the Celtic tenors are featuring on it with me and that made it even extra special to have those not one two but three tenors sing, singing on it with me it was amazing brilliant and of course you can hit all those high notes as a soprano in oh Holy nights uh, too. On a good on a good day, Orla. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the morning. Not this morning. Okay. <laughs> Once you've warmed up. Once you've warmed up. Yes. <laughs> now you're heading to the states. Um, is that lovely for you? Is it hard to be away, or how do you feel it's, when you're going on tour? It's fun. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I've actually just come back from the states. I was okay. in Florida last week working, and we're back this week because it's Christmas exam time. Okay. Uh, so we're 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 ensuring that we get all those things furnished, and then on the seventh of December, I go back out to the states. Okay. Um, and I think again for any of us, I don't want to mention the C word, but for X amount of years there, none of us could travel any. Mm-hmm. and we weren't performing so I think there's a, a renewed sort of energy and nearly a renaissance and appreciation for 
been in a position to travel and a position to perform again. So um, I feel very grateful and I'm thrilled to be to be in a position to do it again. And where will you be heading to in the States? I'm heading to New York oh, this time. <laughs> lovely. And so, have you a couple yeah, of nights so, there then? I do. I uh, there's there's uh, definitely gone uh, New York and the the Greater New York area. We're wow. we're working around that area. Yeah. Brilliant. So I think I, I I love New York. Um, and I think it's particularly special at Christmas. Oh, I'd so, say it's amazing yes. and freezing. I'd say as well. Is it? Oh, freezing! Yeah, you need to pack the thermals for sure. <laughs> Lovely. You'll be so Christmassy by the time you come back. It will. If you think it, of it any will. Christmassy city, it has to be New York, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. As I said, I always love traveling there. I, I just love the city. It has a vibrancy and I, I love when I set down in, into the city. But at Christmas, it's extra oh, special gorgeous. just with the lights and... And Lovely. the energy, everybody's in good spirits. And that massive Christmas tree, where is that? You know, outside. I know. Yeah, looks amazing. Yes, absolutely. Amazing. Lovely. Well, now you're coming home, of course, and you're going to be mm-hmm. in Marfield House in your hometown of Gorey on December 18th. Now, you have been That's performing right. there for two decades at this stage. Oh, and even and plus fat, I'd say, <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> Give, giving our ages away, Orla. Um, <laughs> again, I've said New York is special for Christmas, but my goodness, coming home is, is the icing on the cake. And I have been performing a Christmas show in Marlfield for, as you said, a couple of decades. And it's oh, it's just stunning. The the setting, the surroundings uh, and the people that come every year and being able to do it in front of family and friends as well. And people, you know, that that's what Christmas is all about. Gorgeous. And what can people expect from that event? Like what, what song, <laughs> sort of songs do you like to sing what, for that? What's on the, well, it is festive. And so of course, we'll be giving the the the, the ones you'd, you'd expect, the mm. Holy Nights and the Silent Nights and the Odeste Fidelis. But then obviously I have uh, a new album out, so we'll be featuring some music from that and I always bring special guest artists and um, we have our young artist program that I work with down in the National Opera House so they will be performing ensemble numbers with us I have three very special guest artists uh, Owen Cannon who is a West End singer who's actually flying in from New York to do wow. this performance with us um, uh, my long term friend and singer Lynette Beachy and then my very special guest uh, sister Kellyanne Masters oh, who's doing amazing things uh-huh. at the moment she's currently touring with Don Pasquale with INO so I'm I'm nabbing her on a dark night to come and sing with us so it'll be lovely it, it always is every year lovely. and People get very well fed and watered and then they have the performance as well. Gorgeous. And another lovely Christmassy location in Marfield House. Yeah, gorgeous. absolutely. So that's on December 18th, um, just when you're Correct. home from the US. Um, people can go to yeah. your website, can't they, if they want to get more t- book tickets there? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, for the Marlfield date, it's go directly to Marlfield to okay. get your tickets. Um, but for any information regarding my particular concerts, performances, albums, singles, it's www.deirdremasterson.com. Lovely stuff. And if you want to book tickets for December the 18th for Marfield House and that very special concert with Deirdre Masterson, I'm back after what is this? Did you miss two performances? I'd say with we COVID? did. I think. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, so it, it was it didn't feel the same at mm. all. If 
felt there was something missing oh, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> by not having it in the calendar. So, yeah, well, that website, if you want to book, is marfieldhouse.com. And do your best to look with everything. And thanks a million for joining us this morning. Not at all. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Orla. And uh, best of luck to you for the festive season, too. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103 and Cyber Monday tomorrow. You know that when people will be trying to get those online deals. But how can you make sure you are safe when you're shopping online during what really is the biggest sales event of the year? Uh, Stephen Bowes is the Technology Innovation Director at BSI and BSI Deal in Cybersecurity. So he is the man to speak to to give us some tips. You're very welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Uh, we spoke to another C- Stephen from BSI a few years ago, but I presume in those years, even being scammed online has changed a lot. There seems to be just so many different scammers going around. There is, and that's to reflect the, the growth in online shopping, um, you know, in terms of that's what bad actors do. Mm. They look for a rich target base and, and they target it. So you are correct. Um, there's, a, there's been an increase in tar- targeted attempts and attacks in recent years, but that's to reflect the growing market that is available. And indeed, for, for your viewers and listeners, they, um, they will admit that their online spending has increased year on year. I think that's, that's true to say. Okay. And, and what are the big things to watch out for this year? Like we had the whole ice spoof um, arrests and everything and the global phone call fraud where they were, you know, masking people you know's names it's all it's all getting very i don't know scary in one way isn't it it is but what i will say the, the fundamentals are key here and nothing has changed from a fundamental perspective okay. so what we would we would recommend to our customers is, is two or three recommendations the first one is whatever device you're using to to make a purchase uh, we would say that you should make sure it is up to date it's patched Okay. Would it be an Apple phone? Would it be a Windows uh, laptop? Just run the updates before you go online. That's very important. And why would you do um, that? Well, because what that does is that gives updated uh, protection for the browser. It gives updated protection for the operating system. And it, 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 it closes the areas of opportunity um, that may exist for, for bad actors to uh, connect to your device and potentially take over control of it or indeed extract data from it. Okay, okay. And then what are the other tips that you have? Well, one of the main tips is, and it's the old fundamental trick, but it's still it's still in place. It's the, it's the email trick with links. So, what will happen is, over the course of the festive period, or indeed Cyber Monday, there's tons of emails floating around. You know, get a 42-inch television for 199. Click here. That'd be typically what it does. What we would advise to customers are: do not click there at all. If you see a, a really good offer like that. Um, what we would say is go to the original website. So say, for example, it's Harvey Norman, mm-hmm. 42-inch TV for one Don't click on the email that, you, that you've received. Simply go to a browser, type in Harvey Norman, you know, .ie or Argus.ie or Curry's.ie, whatever it is, navigate the television sections, sort by price, and go find that TV on that, because that way you're guaranteed you're on the, you're on the original site. What, what the bad actors can do is they can take a genuine Harvey Norman email or Curry's email, and they can reconstruct it with their own links in behind the, that click here section, and then fire that, those emails out to a distribution list of which you might be on. And it looks to be a Harvey Norman email, but in reality it isn't. Okay. So that's what we would say. Type it into your browser and then navigate away to, to your heart's content. Because their aim is to take your money. Their aim is, well, is to take, ultimately take your money, but how they do it 
is by taking control of your identity. So okay. for people who don't know, your identity is your at gmail.com or, or you know, Yahoo email. That's your identity. That, and if, you have, if they can harvest your credentials, and your credentials are your email address and your password, then they effectively can become you online. Oh, okay. That makes sense and scary sense as well. What about these auto fills then, Stephen? You know, I have a lot of auto fills that makes me, it makes it very easy for me to pay for things online. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's 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 a bad thing. It's you know, this is the whole compromise we have, and and you've seen it recently with banks with the new banking, you know, multi-factor authentication. People are finding it very. It's very difficult because they have to have their phone beside them if they're making an online purchase. Mm. But this is the compromise we have in the industry. The compromise is uh, you want to be able to have an ease of shopping experience, but you want to be secure. And there's a, there's a halfway house there. It's like locking up your car. You want to have a you know, car lock. Years ago, we put a chain around the steering wheel. We put a, a handbrake lock on. There was a pain, it was a pain in the backside to do, but it made the device more secure. It's the same with online security. Um, you know, additional security parameters... Uh, it does compromise the experience a little bit, but it is absolutely recommended. And you'd rather have an extra 30 seconds of work than, ha- than for your account to be compromised. I think that's a fair assumption. So you say two-factor verification for most things that you use, because I see I've, I've put it on my Instagram now, for example. It's on my work emails, but if every if most places offer it, do they? Most most do indeed. Okay. So multi-factor authentication is just an additional level of authentication. Mm. So what we're used to traditionally was simply a, a single factor, which was you typed in your username and you typed in your password. That was it. But now there's a there's a second factor, which is uh, it could be a text code to your phone. It could be mm-hmm. an approval on your phone on the app. And what that is, what that means is that the, the, the bad actor needs to have not just your username and password, which they may have, but if, but they would need access to your mobile device mm. as well, which for obviously for the vast majority of people, they wouldn't have. Okay, I'm going to do that now as we speak. Stephen, thank you so much for talking to us and giving us that advice this morning as we head into Cyber Monday. That is Stephen Bowes, and he is the Technology Innovation Director at BSI. And enjoy Cyber Monday tomorrow yourself as well, Stephen. Will do. Thank you very much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. There you go. It's a Sunday morning. It is Beat 102-103. It is time for Brian, a.k.a. our movie reviews, plural, this week, because we have two movies for the price of one this week. Brian saw the movie adaptation of the book Bones and All that's been described as a beautifully tragic coming-of-age story. Brian saw that in... Venice. Woo. You didn't. Were you in Venice? I was in Venice. You never talked I only have like one or two left now, so it's nearly <laughs> no. the end of our little journey. Counting (laughs) (laughs) And an equally glamorous area He went to see Glass Onion in Kilkenny (laughs) Big up the cats Okay, will we do Bones and All first? Of course Here we go You could tell in the store I smelt you too I didn't know I could do that I'm uh, going to Minnesota I got dumped here by a ride I just stole dinner It was all I could think to do you're not local either, I guess. Why does that matter? That was nice what you did for that mom in there. I'm 18 if you're wondering. I was gonna guess younger. Thanks. I don't usually talk to anyone after. I don't actually meet many others. I'm sort of glad not to. Yeah, I get it. I'm just saying, I'm not an asshole. Should probably go anyway up close so you can see blood. We're fine. 
No. Really don't think I am. There you go. That is the moment that Lee and Marin is it Marin? Marin. Marin met. They are um, Timothy Chalmolay. You can't. Timothy is a, wor- a hard word when you're Irish. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I know, but it's it's kind of Timothy. Oh, I go Timothy. You know? Yeah, that's because you're Timothy. Irish. Yeah, yeah. we're very bad with our Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalmolay. Chalmolan. Chalmolan. Okay. Chala. And Taylor Russell stars in this as well. Um, People went crazy for this book. They loved it. This is the movie adaptation. Are they going to be satisfied? Were you satisfied? Um, Good question. No. Uh, (laughs) So as you know, I'm not not a big reader. So yeah, obviously I didn't read the book of it. So I normally wait for movie things to come out. Obviously, I saw this in Venice. I saw Timothy Chalamet was going to be in it. I was like, I booked that. That'd be cool. Did you see him in Venice? I did. He's a very actually. fashionable young man. It was he. He popped out after the film, and he was wearing that like top that was basically just a, a scarf, or like if you wrapped a towel around your neck. Yeah, and, I remember yeah. it. He was there, and it was kind of like, uh, like you, you would not only if you see photos, you're like, would it be cold? It's like no, it was actually a lovely night at the time. Okay. So in case you're worried about if he was cold or not, no, I wasn't. He would have been fine. But anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, no, the the movie itself was less exciting than them coming out on stage I'm not going to lie uh, it is it is. it's about Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell basically Taylor Russell is a person that eats other people and she at the start of the movie does that and then kind of runs away from home and because they, they, they eat people which is as you know or illegal. Okay. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> okay. So then she, I didn't expect this, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And then she she meets up with Timothy Chalamet, who also eats people. Okay. And Mark Rylance, who also eats people. And uh, then they just kind of go on a little journey around killing people, eating people, and then they get separated. And it's like... So wait, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Timothy's 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 is he a person eater as well yes just randomly it's a coincidence they met or are all it, people in this world people eaters no it's, there's like there's like a there's like a few of them it's like as if it's imagine it's set in real life and there's just like a, ra- a random couple of people but like people don't know about it like so it's like it's a they have their own kind of minority but there's just people that eat other people and okay. it's like a, they kind of have a animalistic gene kind of thing like the X-Men but they just only eat people okay so it, it, it's it's a weird one because he, he's great in it like he's a, he's a fantastic actor everything I've ever seen I mean he's always been great and he's mm. for me he was the, the good thing about this like okay. the only and one. you know what sometimes in books that are as fantastical as this they, this, they don't transfer yeah. in a movie sense and you don't think this did well I don't think it is obviously I didn't read it but I feel like it's one of those movies for sure if you read it you might be like, oh, they just didn't capture it at all. And but. also, sometimes, and I, I'm very much hitting on the fact that you did not read this book, but a, a lot of times, I go and see movies that I haven't read the book and they feel like books almost. Yeah. Did this feel like that? that no, it, it didn't. It did, Like, it had kind of a chapters type feel. So, yeah, I mean, that sense, but that's fair enough. But okay. uh, it, it, apart from that, it didn't have the feel of it as just directly ripped from a book, to be fair. I feel like it might have gone their own way because it was directed by uh, Luca... Guagadino, okay. who also did Call Me By Your Name, which I also... Oh, I love that. And that's I, where I got to know Timothy. You see, I was not a fan of that at all. Oh, I, I didn't that. think that was great at all. So then I was thinking, it's not, maybe it's just not for me. It's okay. just not my Well, well look, vibe, you are the so. movie reviewer and your opinion matters. Yeah. Let's give it some black buttings out of 10. I'll give it like a 
four, oh, three, okay. four. I'm going to be nice with it. I'm going to go to four. Okay, there you go. That is bones and all. Let's move on to something completely different. Brian is calling it Knives Out 2. Its real name is Glass Onion. Um, it is out in the cinema right now, or even Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. It is out in the cinema at the moment, and then it comes to Netflix next week. Okay? Yeah. Um, let's play a clip from it. It has so many stars. We'll talk about it after this. Ladies and gentlemen. You expected the mystery. Get your hand off of that. You expected a puzzle. But for one person on this island, this is not a game. Will you explain it to us then, detective? mystery start okay there you go that is a clip from Glass Onion Daniel Craig of course um, Kate Hudson is in this one Edward Norton I used to love Edward Norton I don't know about so much now Ethan Hawke in there as well just massive stars really isn't it yeah it is It is one of those things where they get really good actors to play characters that are really kind of reflective of themselves mm. like kind of the worst elements of themselves So, which is kind of fun because Ed Norton is like this this genius who like he has all these crazy ideas and he kind of like lashes out at people who don't acknowledge it. and that's what he was kind of known for on sets and stuff is being this awkward to work with because he thinks he's this genius oh, type okay. guy oh I'll remember uh, that now when I watch it it's good to know these sort of things like Dave Batista is like this big man who thinks like oh like he's like manly man thing and that's kind of what he's seen as with the wrestling and everything but okay. it really really like you know you see him guys the guy so he's actually quite a sweet man but like it, they, they use the kind of the negative stereotypes of all of them to be their characters and I think that's okay. so, so clever first of all but it's just it's just fun it's like like you know me I'm a, I'm a sucker for a famous and cast and they've moved from the states yes. because the first one was kind of upstate wealthy kind of New York kind of yeah setting. it was it was like a just set in the house yeah but so where are we now we're in Greece <gasps> It's the second biggest mystery to ever happen in Greece. Okay. Obviously behind. And what happens? Or maybe don't tell us. Or do we know straight away? Yeah, it's... It, okay. Anything is a spoiler. So yeah, I, I'm okay. going to have to be very tell careful with my words. But it, it, it's a it's a murder mystery. So essentially Daniel Craig goes to this Greek island of Edward Norton's character. And they have to figure out... It's a murder mystery party. Okay. But then there is a real murder. Okay. That, that that happens, so okay. I can't. I, like even on Wikipedia, it says when someone dies, so they're not giving away anything either. But um, Kate Hudson in there this time, I really like Kate Hudson. Oh, yeah. Um, Leslie Odom Jr., who's brilliant, is in it too. Just massive stars. Janelle Monae. Is Janelle Monae. Janelle Monae is fantastic, and she's like a really kind of standout performance from Shakespeare. But they all are. Like they all have their own moments, and like the then there's things to throw you off completely. There's things that, that are lies. There's things that are just direct truths that you think are lies. It's it's fantastic. Every little detail, every minute okay. detail matters now, so much. Does that mean I need to go see it in the cinema? See, that's why I, I was like, I'm Adam. Like, obviously, it's it's Knives Out was a great movie, and it's one of those movies where seeing it in the cinema is great because you didn't really know what to expect because murder mysteries weren't really big in like 2017. Mm-hmm. This 
is aware that murder mysteries have come back. That's actually kind of the reason why murder mysteries are hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, I feel like now they they don't they like the greatest thing about the Knives Out movies is they completely respect the audience and they know that you're going to try and figure out and figure like you're going to try and guess who it is throughout and you have all these theories and instead of having it like everyone's a good character and then one turns out to be terrible. They all, they're all terrible people. Like, from the start, the start at the end, all of them, apart from, like, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc, all of them are just like, you hate them. Okay. And it's just, it's a, it's a great thing because it's like, you're like, anyone can do it then because any of them could, like, they all have reasoning to do it. Like, it's it's such a great way of, of doing it. But it's, 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 it's just fun. It's just, it's just silly fun as well because they don't go too crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't go too dark and okay. try and get all mysterious and the ending is hilarious. So. Okay, good stuff. Now, um, it's out in the cinema as we speak but it's a full month before it comes to Netflix, December 23. Okay. Okay, so that's going to push me to go and see it in the cinema. Let's black put it. Yeah, go. I'll give it like an eight or nine. Oh, okay, brilliant. Uh, there's something kind of Christmassy about these sort of, because they're classical characters in a way, you know, it, there's something kind of sentimental and Christmassy about it. There is, it's a very, like even Knives Out now is a very much a, if there's a big group of people throwing yeah. on for Christmas time. Yeah. I don't know why actually. I know, I think it's Colourful? Yeah, and they're very, you know, they're they could be any time. Yeah, could be any time in history. So yeah, okay. So what did you say, black pudding wise? I go, I go, I go, eight and a half. Lovely stuff. Eight and a half black puddings for glass onion and knives out mystery, and then a paltry. What did we say? Three. Three. Three out of ten for bones and all with uh, Timoth- <coughs> Timothy. Timothy. Timothy, not the shampoo. Chalmolay. Uh Thanks a million. No bother at all. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.